This week, Malincra and Intelsat kick off multi-day confirmation hearings. Library transition causes CM Group and American physicians to pull leveraged loan deals. Reorg publishes analysis of frail guest partners' capital structure. Hello and welcome to the Reorg podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high-yield distress debt and bankruptcy. I'm David Zubkis. We'll be taking a brief recess this week from our deep dive segment, but we'll be back next week with more in-depth content. It's Friday, December 10th. Phase two of Malankarat's confirmation trial got underway this week. On Monday, Judge John Dorsey delivered a crucial bench ruling disallowing the Humana Attestor administrative Akhtar claims. The judge concluded that debtors did not improperly inflate and maintain the price of Akhtar paid by the insurance claimants in violation of antitrust law. According to the debtors, an adverse ruling could have forced them to reduce the price of Akhtar, their best-selling drug, undermined the feasibility of their proposed plan. After the oral ruling, phase two of confirmation began with witness testimony from Chief Transformation Officer Stephen Welch. Welch focused on the enterprise-threatening litigation facing Mellencourt as the largest producer of generic opioids with thousands of lawsuits and $100 million of prepetition defense costs. The Akthar claimant's cross-examination of Welch on Tuesday focused on agreements relating to the pricing of Akthar, the debtor's corporate structure, the company's response to a 2018 60 Minutes investigation to Akthar pricing and other matters. Day three of the confirmation hearing on Wednesday featured testimony from Paul Carter, one of the debtor's two independent directors, on the company's analysis of potential estate claims and causes of action released under their second amendment plan. Future opioid personal injury claims representative Roger Frankel and executive compensation consultant Douglas Frisk of Willis Tower Watson also testified. According to Carter, the debtor's independent directors concluded that no viable estate cause of action would be released by the plan based on a report from the debtor's Chapter 11 counsel. During a break in witness testimony on the fourth day, the debtors announced that they had reached an agreement in principle with co-defendant opioid distributors, manufacturers, and pharmacies, the DMP Group. The DMP Group had objected to confirmation, contending that the plan boldly and illegally strips property rights of the DMPs and limits their ability to assert the debtor's fault in a future opioid litigation. The debtors in the DMP Group stated they expect to finalize the settlement over the coming weekend. The hearing then moved to confirmation requirements with testimony from Sherman Edmondson III, the independent manager for the specialty generics debtors, debtor expert Fred Selk, and Randall Eisenberg of Alex Partner, the debtor's financial advisor. The hearing resumed Friday with the parties expecting to complete Eisenberg's direct and cross-examination. Reorg this week initiated coverage on CM Group and American Physician Partners, each of which pulled their respective leveraged loan deals this week as the approach of year-end and the transition from library-affected investor demand, sources said. Banks will not be able to enter into new library contracts after the end of 2021, while transition from library for most legacy contracts isn't required until June 30, 2023. The transition from library could result in challenges to hedging against interest rate risk and possible price volatility as CLO investors buy loans based on new benchmarks, such as a secured overnight financing rate. CM Group, the owner of marketing technology brands, launched a $590 million seven-year first lien term loan with a $45 million five-year revolver on November 9th, with initial price talk of LIBOR plus 500 to 525 BIPs with a floor of 0.75% and OID of 98.5. Proceeds for the Jeffries-led deal were to finance its combination with Cheetah Digital and refinance the standalone debt at each entity. According to sources, the company and lenders are ultimately unable to strike a balance on price or covenants amid investor concerns about the company's position in the highly competitive email marketing technology space, and the deal was officially pulled on December 6th. 
American Physician Partners also pulled this deal last week, sources say. The manager of emergency rooms had launched a $520 million seven-year Covlite First Lane Term Loan B on November 8 with proceeds for the Deutsche Bank-led deal earmarked to repay existing debt and finance acquisitions. Initial price stock was SOFR plus 475 to 500 BIPs with a floor of 0.75% and OID of 99. According to sources, the company pulled the deal as investors were unwilling to take the risk of buying new paper near par given uncertainties related to possible legislative changes, in particular the No Surprise Billing Act. The company may turn to private debt providers after pulling the deal as it faces a debt maturity on December 21, according to sources. This week, RIRIG analyzed propane distributor Feral Gas Partners' capital structure after its March 30 emergence from bankruptcy and its ability to make distributions to unit holders. As part of the bankruptcy, the holding company, Feral Gas Partners, issued Class B units to holders of its $357 million of senior notes that were due in 2020 in satisfaction of their claims and issued Class A units to prepetition limited partnership interests. Additionally, to refinance debt at the OPCO entity, Feral Gas LP issued $700 million of preferred equity to Aries, JP Morgan, and holders of the 2020 senior notes. The deferred units and Class B units have created different incentives for the company to redeem them from the capital structure. The deferred units require high quarterly distributions and have a high redemption price based on the greater of a multiple invested capital and an internal rate of return in order to be redeemed. Additionally, under certain conditions, by the 10th anniversary of the effective date, the preferreds have the ability to force a sale in order to be redeemed. If you're interested in accessing Reorg's in-depth coverage and analysis of feral gas, please reach out to a Reorg representative. Intelsat's confirmation hearing began on Monday after the debtors on Saturday filed a third amended plan incorporating settlements with former C-Band Alliance partner SES Americom and Intelsat SA Ad Hoc Equity Group that resolves those parties' respective plan objections. As a result of the settlements, the sole remaining plan objector is the ad hoc group of Intelsat SA convertible note holders. At the first day hearing on December 6th, plan supporters and convertible note holders clashed over FCC relocation payments, tax attributes, and parent guarantee claims. Days two and three of the hearing included testimony on tax, C-band clearing, valuation issues, and additional witness testimony from the debtors and other parties supporting the plan, while the convertible note holders continued to press their narrative that the debtors and Intelsat SA special committee hold conflicts of interest. On day four, the parties heard testimony from the debtor's final two witnesses, Stephen Zellin and Paul Schaefer, both of PGT Partners, the debtor's investment banker. Zellin offered his responses to various arguments raised by the ad hoc group of Intelsat SA convertible note holders. Schaefer addressed the proposed first lien notes claim settlement, which is opposed by the Jackson Crossover Group and Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors, each of whom support confirmation will retain their right to oppose and make Top red stories this week included Goldman seeks dismissal of Ruby Tuesday lease assignment litigation, defense secured lender right to veto transfer of collateral in its own financial interest, Senate Judiciary Committee votes to send bill reforming PACER to full Senate, DBMP asbestos claimant argues substantive consolidation with asset-rich certainty is needed to remedy abusive divisional merger, analysis of hypothetical righted PBM spinoff, how LifeScan's 2028 notes offering compares to other platinum-backed 2020 issuances, ACOM Clear Channel Continental Resources, Pactive Evergreen Initiations, Bright Horizons, HC2 Vera Mobility Updates. And now here's Jim from Houston with The Week Ahead. Well, good morning and welcome to The Week Ahead, the last full one before the two subsequent weeks, which are shortened by Christmas and New Year's, respectively. Monday, December 13th, old friend of mine arrives, Sanchez Energy, with a motion to dismiss equity control adversary hearing. There's also a motion to dismiss and a PMA rejection hearing in PWM property management. 
Tuesday, December 14th, Omnibus Hearing in Aero, Mexico, and earnings from J. Jill. Wednesday, December 15th, Calder Sculpture Settlement Hearing in Sears, the company whose big book in years gone by used to define the Christmas season. Thursday, December 16th, Omnibus Hearing in LTL Management in Puerto Rico, and a confirmation hearing in GTT. Friday, December 17th, a trial in the matter of Fieldwood in Atlantic Maritime, and a confirmation hearing in Philippine Airlines. That's all from me, and back to New York. Thank you for listening to this Rear Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on the rearg.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend, and see you next Friday.